You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor, but with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward, nerdy kid. Maybe a new home can be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing. You went with the station wagon? It's the only one that had an engine. What is happening here? Somehow, a town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. Egon came out here for a reason. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? You experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? Oh my god. You guys hear that? Something's coming. The whole city took the walking dead. closed welcome back to the cinemania world podcast my name is amanda and i am on hosting duties tonight for our boy Dwayne. i have some very awesome people joining me tonight to review ghostbusters afterlife today we have from the cinemania world team alex how you doing what's going on guys can't wait to talk some ghostbusters with you so very excited. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and also from the Sydney Mania World team, we have Tyler. How's it going? Hey, it's great. Uh, always fun to talk some Ghostbusters. It's been a couple years. So, you know, well, I guess this time's also a bit more of a positive experience, I guess, for most people. <laughs> yeah. But still, all around, it's always exciting to talk <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah, it's a bomb franchise, and I love 2016. So mm. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, honestly. Oh, man, really? You should watch it. It's fun. I will eventually, yeah. <laughs> and we also have YouTuber, content creator, gamer, and movie reviewer Alex Rivers joining us as well. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, thank you so much. Um, this is my first ever time being on a podcast, so it's like um, really exciting. So I'm really um, happy to be here. Yeah, well, nice. we're very happy you're here with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I uh, I'm gonna start off by saying that I am not a huge Ghostbusters fan. Shocking! Uh, oh, I don't no. like I don't like the first movie. I'm, I don't well, know what really? Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't right. think. Review's I, I mean, over. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm out. I'm out. 
Hey, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. That's why it's Candid Cinema on my website. Um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I think the humor is something that we have to, to match with. And that's why I like 2016's Ghostbusters, like directed by Paul Feig, uh, because it was more like Kristen Wiig SNL humor. And I guess mm. that, like, that's Bill Murray SNL humor. I don't know that that, like, makes sense. I don't know if you guys felt that way. Like, if you enjoyed their SNL sketches and stuff, like, they kind of transfer that over. Mm. I don't know. 2016's yeah. Ghostbusters <laughs> wasn't really my jam. I don't think it's well, as bad. Well, well, I, don't th- I don't think it's as bad as people say it yeah, is. I don't think it's, I've like, heard. the scum of the world when it comes to cinema, <laughs> like a lot of people have been. But I, I don't yeah. think it's particularly good either. Yeah, I think I've heard I've heard the big problem with that um, with that one uh, is that it's more slapstick than mm-hmm. the actual like what Ghostbusters was with with its humor because Ghostbusters for me was always more like cynical and dark, um, and it, the yeah. the humor seemed to be woven in a lot more naturally and more subtly in uh, both both the original Ghostbusters movies where I've heard that in. Ghostbusters 2016, they would just go for a joke for the sake of a joke, and it was more like SNL sketch jokes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was there, like, is, I there is a lot of that in the 2016 one. There is. Yeah, I have heard Chris Hemsworth is the best part, though. Oh, so. he's so funny. Yeah. Literally, go talk to Larry about it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, I know. Just, it's his best performance. I think he should have gotten an Oscar for it. Oh, man. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> But yeah, we're, we're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, as we said, and uh, the synopsis for this one is uh, when a single mother and her two children move to a new town, ooh, spooky, spooky, they soon discover they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. So this is directed by Jason Reitman, starring Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, and of course, the sexiest man alive of 2021, <laughs> we have Paul Rudd. And that really, that really is such perfect to... timing. Like, for right? Yeah. I mean, for yeah, to announce he was the sexiest man alive right as this film was coming out. <laughs> yep, exactly. It, like, flow is flow. So um, the first thing I do want to ask is how you guys... Uh, felt going into Ghostbusters Afterlife versus how you felt walking out of it. So, uh, Alex Rivers, I'll start with you. Okay. Well, um, when it comes to, like, um, Ghostbusters, you know, I honestly, like, uh, was already trying to, like, see the movie. Like, I just, like, remember, like, the movie came out and I wanted to check it out to see how it would do. And, you know, it's been quite a while because, like, um, to me, Ghostbusters, like, didn't really have that much, um, like, a reminder face. But, like, I was still into it. But I came into this movie, I'm thinking that, you know, considering it was going to be another one into the franchise, I would, like, dig it and, like, really... um, enjoy like what it was going to do i honestly was like really interested in going back to um like the world of ghosts and trying to see like uh who are these characters going to be about and like basically like the journey like um they were going to go forward so like i came into this movie thinking that like I think I might have like a good time with it. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I think that it was like going to be like somewhat of a delight. I had a feeling, I had a strong feeling when I came in. 
Right. No, I felt that way too. Like I, I didn't really have any expectations going into this. And then like it exceeded my expectations because I really don't care for this franchise. And it was just like, wow, this is one of the, like the most fun experiences I've had um, in IMAX this year, to, you know, so it was just surprising. And Tyler, how did you feel about it going in versus walking out of it? Oh, man. I mean, going into it, I was actually pretty excited for it. I am a fan mm -hmm. of the Ghostbusters franchise. Um, even like I me, mean, the thing is with this film, especially is also the fact that the pandemic had delayed it so many times because mm -hmm. I was yeah. excited for it like yeah. forever ago. Yeah, because we've had so long to just like sit on this film, like with a lot of films. And, you know, I liked it. And as we got more and more of the footage of the film, as finally we actually get the movie, mm. I was excited for the actual tone itself because it seemed like we're going back to basics, if you will. I mean, we definitely mm. are a much smaller scale compared to the other films, especially if you're comparing it to the 2016 Ghostbusters, which was very over the top, very expensive. And, you know, it did fail, unfortunately. So I guess that also probably was a factor in why they wanted to kind of go back to basics and try and pay homage to the original and kind of ignore 2016's Ghostbusters. And, I mean, I like the cast. I like the way that they were going to kind of pay homage to Spengler, Egon Spengler, who is unfortunately Harold Ramos' past. And I was excited to just, you know, see the film, but also hope that they were going to be able to pay respects to the original films that came before while also trying to build another franchise because let's be real one of the main reasons they want to make new ghostbusters is because they want you know a big market franchise i mean it's sony you know they don't have too many these days they got you know they got <laughs> ghostbusters and spider-man these days that's kind of like their two big ones you see a lot of yeah. Um, but after the film, you know, I left the film really satisfied. I think overall, it was a great dose of nostalgia. I know that has been one of the big criticisms that it was like too much nostalgia, which I think is very interesting in the climate that we're in. That is like so much like so much nostalgia, like nostalgia is such a big part of the zeitgeist right now, especially in the last decade or two, as we mm. bring everything back from the 80s and 90s and even the 2000s now. Yeah. And I, I liked how they paid respects to everyone involved while also developing new characters that I enjoyed as well. I think it was a great blend. And but especially the third act. I think the third act was like the best of the nostalgia aspect. You know, definitely was one of those things where I left with a smile on my face because of just how almost perfect the ending cap off was with the emotional payoffs. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I agree that like they mixed the nostalgia, like they integrated it nicely it wasn't like too overstuffed and like in our faces because it actually had a great story and how to you know bring in a new generation and I, I thought that was really sweet the way that they did it and it, it just oh it pulled at the heartstrings we'll get into spoilers later but uh yeah Alex how did you feel about it um going yeah. into it and then walking out Yes, I mean, going into it, like, at first, when it was first announced, I was very skeptical because I know that this was a project they had been trying to get off the ground for years. Um, they even made a Ghostbusters video game, which was considered the unofficial third Ghostbusters movie. It's such a good game. That game is great. So I was like, so I was thinking to myself, well, how are they going to top Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2, underrated film, by the way, does not deserve the hate, or that, or that video game. Um, but I was like, but at the same time, I said to myself, they can't, they can't really top it, you know, I mean, because Ghostbusters is just such a classic. But the more and more, like, I saw the trailers and more trailers that were released and the more footage that I saw, I said, this probably could be something special as long as it honors the legacy that Harold Ramis left behind. 
and walking like watching it i was having a blast watching it walking out of it um I'm with you guys. We're tugged at the heartstrings. Like I'm not somebody that cries during movies. I, you know, I tear up here and there. It's maybe a tearjerker here and there, but I don't think I've full on like bald like this at the end of a movie. And I did not expect the Ghostbusters movie to do that. Uh, so I, I left immensely satisfied. Got what I wanted. Mostly, I, what you guys were talking about with the nostalgia. I'll talk about more when we talk about spoilers because most of it worked for me, but there was some that didn't and i and i want to talk about that when we get to the spoilers and like the actual story um but but for the most part i was satisfied uh i laughed uh quite a bit i liked uh how it felt like the humor of the first ghostbusters while also the humor of the second ghostbusters uh so i i just had i just had a thrill every minute watching this film yeah, no, I hear you. Like for me, as I said before, I wasn't attached to it, but then I I adore McKenna Grace. I think that she is She's one great. of the best yeah. young actors working yeah. today. Absolutely. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And and what I she's like the child version of everyone, like Margot Robbie, Brie Larson. I was gonna say she was young Carol Danvers, everyone. wasn't she? Yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah, she and was. It's like, yeah. She is, she's she's incredible. Yeah, she is young Sabrina. Why 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 am I getting her mixed yeah. up? Why am I getting her mixed up with the 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 girl that played Matt McConaughey's son in Interstellar? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, know, I know who, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. I, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm getting them mixed up. Because I was like, oh, McKenna Grace, that girl from Interstellar who played Matt McConaughey's son. And I look at her IMDb page and I, I was mind blown. I was like, what? She's not in it? McKenna <laughs> <laughs> Grace is pretty yeah. she's, oh, yeah. she's always like the younger version. I mean, as she's now, yeah. now that she's a little bit older, I don't think she can really pull that off as much. Right, right. I mean, yeah. Her MO for a while was being the, the younger version of people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Hill House. I just, I, I just loved how the movie, like we were... She was really like the focal point of the movie. Like, I mean, you had Finn, you had her brother Finn Wolfhard, and then you had like the other two. Like, podcast was awesome. I love podcast as a character. He was great. Yeah, <laughs> the fact his name was podcast. Just I know. Laugh, yeah, like, like of all the things he could be called, like I was waiting to get like some sort of like explanation for you know, or I should say like what is his real name so we can call him something besides podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but that, I know. that really came. But I, I I just love how it actually followed her and like how she was essentially like the same character as Egon without yeah. being the same character as Egon. You yeah. know, she's very close, much like, you know, I mean, they're, they're related. So it's cool yeah. to see that it was passed down. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and, 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 and glasses and the personality. Yeah. yeah. Science. Yeah. I think, I think that's my thing with this movie. This had to be like, a, like, I guess you could say like, Oh, like the star Wars sequel trilogy. I know everybody has their own opinions on it, but like <laughs> what, what that was essentially was, Hey, it's the, it's the older, the older legacy characters passing on the baton to a new generation of heroes. And I said, as long as Ghostbusters Afterlife can do that, if it's, mm -hmm. you know, a successful passing of the torch type of film, which I thought it was, then I'll be satisfied. And that's how I felt towards the end of the movie. I said, yep, they successfully passed the torch on to McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard and an entire yeah. new generation of Ghostbusters. And Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, they're that strong to carry like maybe another two movies if possible to be like if they're if they plan to do that or at least like another one just because like you're introducing this to kids like in my screening at 4 30 in the afternoon there were like little kids like oh, eight yeah. year old kids in oh my yeah, screening. yeah yeah there and, were 
there were kids of mine too because I went at yeah. like 12 o'clock I think on a Friday yeah it was just really surprising and like I, I there were jump scares in this I got scared I was like yes I get there, there were a couple where I was like oh there shit were. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah so Alex Rivers hi uh, <laughs> I gotta do first and last name here because we got two Alexes on the podcast um what do you, what did you think of McKenna Grace and like introducing this to a completely new generation um I am really a fan of McKenna like um throughout like some of the movies like I've seen from her it's like she always some um, shines bright and I like how uh, she was introduced in this movie because like how her personality was like presented it was like very like um geeky and she really um dove into that but it really was all about um the family aspect for me and what really worked for her not only did like she had like the personality of like someone that knows all and just trying to you know just find a little bit of their way in life as soon as like she discovers more uh, like about her family she realized that she is really uh, more than what she seems. She really has like a history other than just nothing um, that she has like in the present. And I like how um, not only her, but also like, um, I think like the family um, was like really um, interesting um, too. I think, I thought film Wolfhart was fine. I think like he like had his moments of like, um, you know, being like a little bit funny in there, but like McKenna just really shines when she's just really discovering um, what what does she it what does she want and what does she want to do when she discovers like the history of like her um, family, and I thought that like she did an amazing job. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I love, I really love this story. I thought it was, it worked extremely well for what they were trying to do. As Tyler said, they kind of like fused it together and they brought back, um, you know, certain, you know, callbacks to, I think a lot of people say that it's kind of like a carbon copy of the first installment. I don't know how you feel about that, Tyler, because I've um, read reviews I mean, saying that too. Well, yeah, to an extent. I mean, it's kind of like in the same vein. I hate to use the comparison, but I mean, Alex kind of already did anyways with The Force Awakens. You know, yeah. it's kind yeah. of like The Force Awakens is kind of just like a copy and paste in some shape or form of A New Hope. But yeah, so, I, mean, I think but yeah. there are differences. I think I think I think I think you have to do that with movies like this, though. Maybe I mean, Force Awakens and, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, I don't think are like I think people will kind of deem them as like remakes. Like I don't see force awakens in this movie as remakes but like i think you have to use callbacks to original films in a certain series or maybe even recreate scenes in a new way to tell a new story that mm -hmm. harkens back to those like moments that we loved in the originals to propel the new story forward and to introduce the new generation of characters but i never like that that's the thing like i never felt insulted you know like watching this be like no. oh like oh no. this is just a remake again and <laughs> i mean there are parts like towards the end where i said okay maybe we could have done that a little bit differently um but even then i was like you know what like it was cool to see this again so yeah. yeah, it's just tough because you want to cater. I mean, for a big franchise like this, it's been around for decades. You want to, of course, 
satisfy your older yeah. audience that are nostalgic for the property, but you also want to bring in new people. And it's kind of tough to bridge that gap when you don't have that connection. Because mm-hmm. even in 2016's Ghostbusters, like a lot of the cast returned, but they weren't the characters right. from That's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So I, true, it was kind of like, what, of what is the point of them being here right. if they're not going to be Venkman and, you know, yeah. Winston and all them? Like, who cares? Our boy like, Winston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's 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 always a tough thing when you're yeah. trying to capture some nostalgia while also, you know, I guess it's interesting, where do you draw the line? Like, what is the perfect level when it comes to nostalgia? Because I feel like this mm. was probably as close as it could get to, you know, the level of nostalgia that would feel correct yeah. without being yeah. too crazy. I think where it's not like, rem- you know, remember berries, you know, oh, I remember this and I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, you know, I've seen I've seen some reviews from like, you know, like some of our reviews on YouTube and some from like bigger YouTube reviewers as well. And I think a lot of from what everybody's talking about with the nostalgia, I think everybody's bringing up a good point. Like, I think you can have as much fan service and nostalgia in the movie as you, Mm -hmm. as you want, as long as it doesn't get in the way of the story. And I never felt that for a majority of this movie. Uh, So that's why it mostly worked for me in this movie where, unless if it was, but if it was like something like, Oh, we're just going to throw this in there and uh here's your like weak story and all that. It would have been like no. No, like shut up. Yeah, cuz cuz I mean, even at its core, it's still, you know, they're moving to a new town and kind of adapting yeah. to the new territory and dealing with a threat. It just so happens that Egon Spengler's family mm-hmm. is the one that's involved and you know, Egon was the one that was there and they got to get the band back together so right, to speak, right. potentially as she learns about her history because Egon didn't know them really. Like he kind of, you know, left. Yeah them completely yeah. so we have to learn about that why he did that because there are interesting callbacks because of stuff like that as we get later on to the film and yeah. we kind of learn yeah. why certain yeah. things happened you know and right. the stuff that we've missed because we have it has been decades since we've seen these characters technically because right. i mean it's, it's been the, the 80s so we kind of have right. to figure out like what yeah. what happened to the ghostbusters between the late 80s and 2020 2021 yeah no, I, I totally agree. And before we go into like full spoilers, the one thing I did notice is that I felt like the special effects were really, really good in this. Um, they were. They were, but, yeah. But like, mm-hmm. Especially for the budget. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. And I was like, it's Sony, too, on top of that. I'm like, I was really surprised. <laughs> like, but, you know, let's let's face it, even though I love Venom to death, like, you know, stuff's kind of oh, wonky, man. Like, it's a bit yeah. wonky, but it's okay. I still love it. Um, <laughs> but um, in this case, I was really surprised. And, like, Jason Reitman brought his A game. But the one thing, yeah. the the one thing that really just kind of took me out of it, even though there were some jump scares, is that there weren't enough like smaller scale ghosts like throughout the film. Um, this, it, not that it it bothered me, but I was like, I wish there was like a bit more. And then the third act was kind of like, I this is gonna sound stupid saying that's far fetched, but like it was just really excessive. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, man, you, don't, you, don't, you don't believe a giant like space hole ripping into the sky <laughs> just, with spirits is believable? I I couldn't do it. But uh, Alex Rivers, what did you think of the special effects and you know the ghosts and like the marshmallow puffman? <laughs> oh, mini oh my god! But yeah, Alex, what do you what do you think? Um, I think the special Special effects um, were nice. Like me, when it comes to like special effects, I love like when um, things are a bit practical 
and that's when it comes to like other films too like i love practical effects because like it like looks so real and i thought like when it comes to like um you know muncher and like the other um ghosts that we see even though like you don't get like a full ghostly body of them it's like it still looks great and i definitely felt like how like the film um presented to ghosts like it looked pretty flawless to me like i have nothing bad to say like it visually on a standard it looked pleasing it's like I, i'm so happy like they um stick with some like good looking um effects that made it look like um like yeah you could definitely see like um these ghosts like um terrorizing these people and they look real and not like really like um stupid when it comes to that because like that when it comes to me when it comes to like um the 2016 ghostbusters like the the effects on those ghosts were like really good but always felt like they were a tad um um bit off like they it was so it's bright and color but like i didn't feel like it was like a little bit i don't know it it, it felt like off to me it was like it's still pleasing mm-hmm. but like i just felt like it was like a little bit um too much of a show off to me but i still like that but i did like the effects that they have um in the ghostbusters afterlife film yeah i think i i agree with you there i think they just look so different in 2016 oh, and yeah. that they were they're trying to make them look polished but i'm like they're ghosts they don't gotta- well, they had <laughs> so much more money in 2016 i yeah. still to this day i think it's insane that they greenlit 140 plus million dollars for that movie it's who they got as the actors yeah even <laughs> still like 140 million because like the ghostbusters franchise i mean it's been profitable but like never been that profitable where you could green light like a marble level budget right. yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so that's why i'm kind of like glad that they downscaled it for this one but i guess in the same sense i i mean the effects that we did get were great i mean i guess because of the fact that the the budget was scaled down it probably did hinder the amount of ghosts that we did have in this even if they are great looking the the muncher uh, i believe that's like i guess the technical term for a muncher (laughs) the one that that that's like chewing on fire hydrants spitting out stuff yeah uh but other than that you see what the skeleton in the the diner and then like of course the stuff in the the main act that we'll get into in the spoilers Mm -hmm. um the i would have liked to have seen more ghosts that is definitely a criticism Mm -hmm. for the film because it's called ghostbusters afterlife and you know it's a ghostbusters film and i guess that because of the fact the ghosts have been away for so long because the ghostbusters were too good at their job that they actually ran themselves out of business, which I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I really, I really would have liked to have seen more ghosts. That that is definitely something I would have preferred more of. But with, with, with the budget we had, I think they did a good enough job. Seventy five million. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Not, it's not crazy amounts. I mean, it's still a lot of money for you know most movies. Yeah. But. I, I, I think they I think they did a great job with the budget they did have, mm-hmm. you know, between the munchers and the little mini Stay puff marshmallow mm-hmm. men, even if they were really only in like two scenes. Dude, the, the, and we saw one of them like extensively in the, the marketing. Dude, those mm-hmm. Stay puff marshmallow men, funniest scene of the entire movie. That whole scene with Paul Rudd, I was just dying. <laughs> Paul Rudd, right. Oh my God, he's dude, hilarious. Dude, are, are we allowed to talk about those guys now or should we wait for the spoilers? Yeah. We there was the next section anyway, so if you want to kick us off, Alex, by all means, okay. go right ahead. Okay, so like, yeah, so when the when the Stay Puffed uh, guys pop up, like I'm like watching it, like they're like trying to like attack Paul Rudd and shit, and then like one of them like goes into a blender. 
<laughs> and then like like gets like they're like turning it like on and off and they're like oh like what is this thing doing and it just gets like splattered against the glass and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you just see- it got more horrifying as it went on <laughs> it did but that was the, the funny the part sword. about it though Oh my god, the s'mores got me. I was like, you realize <laughs> you are melting yes, chocolate yes. on top of your yeah, body. It was pretty traumatizing. <laughs> Poor little kids, they're watching these cute little that'll, men that'll... and they're getting murdered. <laughs> the, the funny part is, is they don't realize what's happening at, at like as it's like at first. Like they're they're yeah. just all like smiling. They're like, "Oh, we're getting roasted. Oh, we're in a blender, getting splat against the glass." And then all of a sudden, you just see them like as they're like getting roasted and like falling into the charcoal. It's like, "Oh shit, we're mm. dead." It's so funny. <laughs> that whole that whole Walmart section oh, of the film was yeah. pretty was pretty hilarious. I mean, it was very obvious product placement. Oh yeah, a very Sony. Oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. you know that in the ice cream now, as well with the basketball. No, I died laughing. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder. The devil dogs. I was like, is anyone gonna make the because the thing about like that when that scene came out like i legit because like even the when the film first like i believe delayed at one point i thought like when they showed like a clip of it on twitter and youtube i really thought that that was going to be like a baskin robbins commercial but then when you look at the film like no like it, it it like they showed it so like I, I legit thought that that was like was pretty much like marketing, but like no, it's not. <laughs> like you could easily put like any ice cream brand that you want and then just market. <laughs> I did think it was hilarious that he chucked it at the dog's head. As he <laughs> you know, I <laughs> cried laughing. You know what? Just the way he threw that, I'm like, okay, Paul. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Like I didn't notice any of the product placement in that scene because I think I was just too busy laughing at the Stay Puft Marshmallow guys. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was it wasn't. Crazy, yeah, and then, I I, I and then correct me if I'm wrong. Was Zool in that scene? Uh, was that practical? I think the, so. the the dog the dog the dogs in those scenes. Were yeah, practical. I was to say yeah. it looked it looked practical. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Well, and of course, not. They, running, thank God, movies still have before. the decency to use practical effects nowadays. Well, that's something so I really appreciate fun. about this because yeah. it looked so it looked so real yeah. because it actually is something physically in front of the camera. Yeah. So it kind of. I mean, the ones in the Ghostbusters original, the original Ghostbusters aren't like amazing. No, but I mean, for that time, though, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they were great for their for their era. So it was nice to see them at least have some practicality in the budget when it comes to the dogs. Because I wasn't, I was kind of expecting them to be back just because where the story was going and they were talking about Gozer again and all that stuff. The key master, you know, and I (laughs) honestly, I like. As as cool as that was to see, I think that's kind of my issue with the movie. Um, like I was fine with them bringing back because it's Gozer. Again. Well, I was fine with them bringing back Gozer, but they did the exact same thing as the original one, where it's like the Keymaster, the Gatekeeper, and it's like we're possessing two people. I'm like, I think you could have went a little bit of a different route with Gozer. Like I was fine with Gozer coming back, but I just I wanted to see something different. I didn't want to see the same mm-hmm. thing all over again. And then it was. It was pretty yeah. goofy scene. It was. It was having that moment God. on the cliff yeah. side. It was. It, it, like that, it made it. It made it worth it for that. But like at the same time, like but that's why like su- like that part of the nostalgia didn't necessarily work for me because I said mm-hmm. because that's where I was like this is just the same thing as the original one. Oh, I feel the exact same right. thing. I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but the rest yeah. Of, the rest of it worked for me though. All the other like nostalgia and fan service. 
Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, person. Ecto One when we finally unveil Ecto yeah. One, because that's kind of like Finn Wolfhard's character's project for most of the film is him kind of fixing yep. it up to just drive it around. Yep. And then they get the goat, and then uh, Kenny Grace's character gets the the equipment up and running. I thought it was interesting. I, that's one of the things going into the film. I, I guess you say watching the film, I wasn't sure because it was very clear from the get go that it was going to be Egon's ghost that was like doing all the stuff in the house, messing around with McKenna Grace's mm-hmm. character. But I wasn't sure to what level or what degree we were going to get. Like, I didn't think we were going to get what we got at the end of the film. Yeah. So it was interesting how they were trying to have Harold Ramos's character involved without yeah. having him physically that's there. What, since I, mean, I guess yeah. that, that's what that, in the that's what I loved about it, and that's what like the opening scared me because I was like, "You just fucking killed Egon! How like how dare you?" But but I was like, I mean, I mean, there was like no way around that, honestly. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. but but like I think that the way that they incorporated Egon, I was just like, "Oh, this is interesting," and you know, I think this is something Harold Ramis would have liked if he was still alive, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think he would have probably, you know, had a, bl- you know, would have given his blessing for that. It was actually pretty impressive. It was that yeah. the, the, the the level, oh, I guess, of deep faking CGI, whatever yeah. terms you want to use to bring back <laughs> yeah. Harold Ramos yeah. in the final act. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Ghostbusters returning and how McKenna Grace kind of just calls. <laughs> it was so cute in the in the jail cell. Like, who are you who are you going to call? I was like, oh, that was, that was I was like, that's so cute. Yeah, see what you did there. Yeah, it was really nice, and it wasn't like <clears throat> Bokeem Woodbine was random. Like, why was Bokeem Woodbine? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was like, I was that was the one of the roles I wasn't expecting. That was a surprise, but not like as to the level of Ghostbusters. It was like, what's he doing in this movie? <laughs> like, and he's the the sheriff. Yeah, uh, to yeah. the and he's the the. The father of one of the girls who ends up being a Ghostbuster. What was it? Celeste O'Connor. I think her name is Lucky. Yeah, Lucky. Yep. The actress that was yeah. her. her and Finn Wolfhard, I think they definitely suffered the most mm-hmm. when it comes to the story. Because yeah. I do think a lot of it was focused on McKenna Grace and Logan Kim's character. Yeah. And they didn't really have much to do. I feel like you could have probably cut them out of the movie and it wouldn't you know, really changed all Honestly, that much. yes. Because like every single time it cut to them and a scene that they were in, I was kind of bored. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. But where's McKenna? Well, well, because, 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 we're, because we're doing so many more interesting things with McKenna Grace and, exactly. and podcast. Because it's like, oh, yeah. like they're trying out the Proton Pack and she's learning yeah. more about like her family history and Egon helping her and then, and then what and then what and then what's finn wolfhard doing just sitting at a diner named spinners <laughs> and then they, they, they gave him the job to the yeah the little area that was good too though yeah i yeah i just they're they were fine yeah. i mean i don't think they none of the kids were bad no, i think yeah. this was probably one of the better kid De- casts in definitely. recent years other than maybe yep. the it kids yeah. which is ironic because finn wolfhard also is one of the kids from it. <laughs> and also he was uh in stranger things which had a ghostbusters episode <laughs> yeah. so it seems like we just just plug finn wolfhard into everything yeah. as a exactly. kid ensemble and you'll have at least some degree i, of I kind yeah. i kind of went- I kind of wish Paul Rudd was in it a little bit more. Same. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think they kind of. They. I don't want to say wasted him. I think they underused like his. Well, he was just gone. Yeah, yeah he was. Stretches of well, the that, movie. The third act. That's why I yeah. was like, like his comedic timing would have been like awesome in those moments trying yeah. to fight 
You know, and yeah. then they just didn't use him for that. Yeah, like I, yeah. the whole summer school stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> cool <laughs> show. <laughs> the, showing the kids these horror films. And summer yeah. School, he's like, I, he's like, I don't give show. a shit. Just watch movies all day. <laughs> I mean, like that is a Pretty great much. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> It, well, yeah. like, I also love too that he was like, "Oh, like I'm a fan of the Ghostbusters." I'm like, "Oh, this dude's gonna become a Ghostbuster," but no, that didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. Maybe in the next yeah. one. Maybe, maybe in the next one with what they're saying. Yeah. yeah, honestly, for for me, like that ending and like throughout, I guess because like I've I've lost like my my own grandparents, but to have like like his presence throughout the film and like helping McKenna and like, like yeah. just helping her. And then at the end, like you see like that, that one shot of all of them just standing there together. Like, like I said before, that got I'm, me. No, I'm not attached to this damn franchise. <laughs> like they got like a non ghostbuster fan. Okay. Like at all, like <laughs> sobbing at the end of this. So I just want to like, did you expect it? Alex Rivers, I'm going to go to you first. Did you expect it? to hit emotionally like that at all um i didn't expect it but i was kind of like waiting for it and like i think that the film um really um did pay it off and that is like one of my most biggest positives i think when it's just focusing on the family that's where the film really just shines because like not only mckenna grace but also um the mom in here too, um, Carrie Coon. I thought that what she did um, in this movie, I th thought she was like very good. I like she had like the most like history when it comes to like her father. When it comes like to Egon, I think that when the film tackles on you know just because like someone's gone and and like life and such doesn't mean that they're gone fully they're still with us um in spirit and i think that the film is just trying to say just like never let family go never feel like um you never been loved and then when that was happening when a little bits and pieces of like um the family interactions was just shining like i it, that really like piqued me like that's where i was like oh my goodness like I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I was just sobbing. Tyler, how about you? Especially <laughs> Oh, like which which aspects all, all of just the emotional, emotional Yeah, and literally everything and how the third act brought everything together and like it hit oh, those man. emotional I mean it was it was it was certainly a roller coaster of emotions in a lot of different ways. I mean, as everything crescendos in the final act, when we realize that Egon actually had been keeping tabs on his daughter the yeah. entire time with that whole entire board of everything that she's done throughout yeah. her life, that was pretty emotional. And just the, I mean, the it's awesome to have the Ghostbusters back. You know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and uh, Ernie Hudson. Just seeing them return, you know, I feel like we all kind of knew going in they were going to show up to some capacity. It's just a matter of what they were going to do. Also, we haven't really talked about it that much. I thought it was an interesting idea to bring back Gozer. And of course, you couldn't have this. You could, I, mean, I guess you could have had the same actress portray Gozer, but they had Olivia Wilde yeah, come it back. Yeah, was her, and right? Gozer. Like, it that was, was Gozer? Yeah, Olivia okay. Wilde. Because I was looking at her, I'm like, Gozer. she looks so familiar. Is it her? Yeah, Olivia was Wilde was Gozer. And Shandor, the Shandor was yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it was just like interesting that they threw them in there for such random roles, but I also commend them because they kept it secret because I didn't know. That. I know. Yeah, same. Well, many, as far as secrets go, I was like, is that like when the Gozer shows up? It was like, and I figured it was going to be, you know, the same actress potentially or someone that looked really similar. And then I realized it was Olivia Wilde. Uh, that was an interesting turn. But uh, the, the emotional stuff as they're trying to set the traps to get gozer to be caught in the in the big old ghost trap that they apparently find out is in like their front yard (laughs) giant trap that would capture someone as big as gozer and then the original ghostbusters have to come in and help save the day i thought that was great just the way that we i would have liked i guess i guess i guess maybe one of my only complaints was i would have liked to have seen a little bit more before that or yeah i I felt in this one scene, the Ghostbusters come yeah. and help, and then I, you know, just leave. I, I agree to yeah. an extent because I feel like there were, I feel like there were certain scenes towards the second half of the movie that were building up. It's like this is the big moment where the Ghostbusters are coming back, and then they don't come back. And, I'm like, and then like, and then like, I kept counting. I'm like, all right, when are they coming back? When are they coming back? And they come back for that final scene. I thought they were gonna come back when the kids went into the mine, and then they found like Shandor's like tomb, and then, and then. And then there was oh, like yeah. that trap in there because when the trap goes off, I'm like, oh, that's the original. Because it's the Ghostbusters. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's the original Ghostbusters. But it, that that was where I was like, I was dead set on them coming back. Was that part? And, I could have I could have seen them doing yeah. it there, but I, I liked where yeah. they. I did end up inevitably liking where they put it and just the emotional set portion of it. I mean, as someone who is a fan of the original mm-hmm. films, it was a little bit better for me, I guess, on the emotional aspect because Harold Ramos shows up as this ghost, but it's also just not. It's not just this like this weird CGI ghost because we have mm-hmm. seen weird CGI recreations of people that are no longer with us. I always think of Peter Cushing and yeah. one. Yep. Uh, I think they did a much better job with that here, especially because I guess he is a ghost, so <laughs> you can get away with certain things with the CGI because he's, he doesn't have to be like a fully fleshed char- fleshed out yeah. character with like dialogue yeah. and all that. But it was a sweet moment just to have him there, especially when he's like helping out Phoebe and then he's standing side by side with the actual Ghostbusters. That was so probably nice. one of the better more i guess crowd pleasing cheering you know tear in your eye kind of moments seeing them all together potentially probably for the last time yeah. ever since harold ramos has passed yeah. Um, but yeah it hit, it hit me pretty good there yeah. and then the emotional payoffs with the with the daughter also hugging harold the the cgi egon spengler yeah. it was yeah that, that that's a, that's a really good scene i mean it's it's not one of those scenes you really get too much in these big blockbuster yeah. movies. This kind yeah, of exactly, yeah. It's true. Block- you don't get those intimate endings. moments at all. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah. but yeah, the other. I guess as far as the other aspects of the ending goes, we can. We'll eventually get into those when it comes to like the ending, ending, and then like the post-credit scene, and what could potentially set up for future installments as well. But yeah, we'll get to that, I guess, next as far as the spoilers go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I also like that they didn't have him like speak yeah yeah speak. i thought that was like more tasteful than trying to like mi- either mimic his voice or like alter it somehow to actually have him talk i think that was that was a concern i had because yeah. like the longer because i thought it was gonna well it was one of those things where i thought he was going to only be there for like a scene or two and then disappear and then he just kept being there mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> like, I thought, like he's still he's, he's still, still here. here. Like, so, like, where, when is he gonna leave? Not because I don't want him to be there, but I just was I was worried they were gonna ruin the moment by having him have like this this soliloquy to the to everyone. Like I'm I'm with you guys always, yeah. or some you know mumbo jumbo. Yeah, like that, that I think I think, I think I, that route. I, they just had him just. 
nod. Yeah, as you say, I, I think the nod. only thing they had him do was like smile and nod, and that was enough for me. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah that was enough. I feel like if they were to have him speak, it would definitely like take it out. I, I because like. There's really not much they could have done other than just like have him into that um, final um, fight. So just for him to just like just him to like just react um to everything just around him, I thought was a nice touch. That way, like they feel like um, that was like a bad taste. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I agree. And uh, Alex, if you want to like lead us into like the post credit scenes, you can talk about the ending. As Tyler said, you can just dive mm-hmm. into that and how you felt about that. Uh-huh. Well, I thought because like it it was kind of a like a surprise that like when you get to the end credits and then like everyone is listed and then you get to the part where it shows uh <laughs> um the yeah some river and um bill murray because like she wasn't <laughs> in the movie but like <laughs> she I, was well, I- I love that that was a callback to the original Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't in it, but like she definitely played a part. I think like um, her just like um, like like torturing um, Bill was like um, um, really funny. It, it did um, make me laugh just like um, a little bit. So like it was nice for her um, to like come back for that part. Like it would have been like a little bit something I would much curious to see like what would she have done like in this uh, movie even though like she wasn't really um a ghostbuster maybe like she could have like shared her um guidance just a little bit but for her to be in like that laughing bit it's like that was funny that was funny i honestly like laughed at that <laughs> yeah what happened with me was that i didn't watch the second post credit scene I didn't like either. I, I, had oh, high tell. I was going to be like, on. Alex, go ahead and talk about the last one. <laughs> there's, there's, you're like, you're not, you're not the only one that said that to me though. There's been a couple people I've talked to and they're like, there was a second yeah. post-credit well, scene. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Tyler, like enlighten us, please. Because me and Alex will be like, oh my God, this is what's going to happen next. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll try and simplify oh. it. Cause it's, it's, um, they they cut to it's like a deleted scene from one of the I think it's the second Ghostbusters Ooh, okay. but it's a, it's a that's how they incorporate a, a scene with Harold Ramos from the past mm. and it's uh him him give uh, Spengler's giving uh, Annie Potts's character Janine a coin and then we cut to present day and Janine is talking with Winston because Winston is like this very rich yes Winston good for Winston you know he's, paid, he's and he's like not only is he like this rich philanthropist billionaire playboy type he uh he also is paying the bills for several of our Ghostbusters uh stuff that we we learned that out and uh, about that in the post credit scene that they're talking mm. and they're just talking and reminiscing and we kind of saw a little bit of that before in the film where he wanted to like take the Ecto-1 and, you know, soup it up a bit because it has been kind of like collecting dust in that, that whatever you want to call it, that barn, that shed, that garage, <laughs> whatever you want to call that dilapidated building with the messed up roof that was all left in. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but we, but they talk for a little bit and he still feels like he's a ghostbuster. He, you know, he's still at his heart, no matter what happens, you know, he's mm-hmm. a ghostbuster and we get a shot of him. Well, I shouldn't say it was him. I don't think it was really him, but it was a shot of the Ecto-1 driving to New York and 
he, they pull the Ecto one into the, the the fire station, the, oh, you know, the original oh, Ghostbusters nice. HQ, and they pull it into the HQ of the Ghostbusters, and it seems like you know Winston's going to at least soup up, you know, re, you know, reinvigorate, put some more life into the Ecto one, and we pan over to the the console, if you will, like the red thing that we see in the original two films with the Ghostbusters, the containment yeah. unit stuff, nice. and a red light goes off, which sounds, you know, which is like ghosts. So it seems like to me they are setting up a sequel set in New York. Which I'm not sure if that would entail more of the original Ghostbusters or would um, Phoebe, uh, you know, kind of Grace's character, you know, and the family going to New York. Yeah. I don't know, or, or even podcast. I don't know where, how, or maybe they wouldn't go and they would be stupid and not have them in the <laughs> sequel and they would have multiple Ghostbusters around Ooh. the world. But it seems like that's what they want to tease for a sequel, at least have something back in New York because. Even if I did like the smaller scale aspects of this like small town, like come on, New York City and ghosts, like that's gonna be yeah. so much cooler. Like like just the yeah. setting in general is a much more exciting setting than this small little. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad you explained that scene to me because the way the movie ended for me without having seen that scene, it seemed like uh what's his name? Winston. It seemed like he was like, Oh, like I'm taking the Ecto one back. Like I never really got the sense that Phoebe and Trevor and Lucky and Podcast were like gonna go like I felt like they were just Ghostbusters for this movie, and then like when I when I saw the Ecto one like crossing the bridge with like the police escort at the end, I said, "Oh, that's like the end of Ghostbusters. Like we're not gonna get another movie." Even though they did have, even though it did feel like they had like a little bit of wiggle room where it's like you could maybe do another one. But now that you explain that scene, that makes a lot more sense to me. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It seems like that that is the more sequel yeah. baity yeah. of the yeah. two post credit scenes because the middle, the mid credits w- with Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver was just kind of like a fan service yeah. mid credit yeah. scene, just to put Sigourney Weaver in the movie and remind them, remind us, I should say, as the audience that they're still together. Dude, I want to, I want to know so where I mean, is Rick Moranis? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I was like, why isn't he here? I don't know. <laughs> He doesn't really act very yeah. much anymore. I don't know what it would take to bring him back because you see, Money. like out of everyone, out of everyone in the main cast that's still with us, he's like the one that seems yeah. to be the most yeah. reclusive. Because yeah. even, like I said, even the the main cast came back for the 2016 one, even Sigourney which is Sigourney which is actually Sigourney. crazy too. Because when you think about it, Bill Murray didn't even want to have anything to do with Ghostbusters. Yeah, anymore. that's true. Yeah, he's changed his mind in recent years. He's like, like money. Coming to- <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it definitely oh, yeah, helps. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Harrison yeah. Ford in a sense, you know. You well, know, I mean, I mean, you, Star I mean, you, Wars you can still tell though. Harrison Ford's just like, I don't give a shit about Star Wars. <laughs> well, yeah, he was like, I'll come back yeah. as long as you <laughs> exactly. That was, kind of his, that was kind of his whole shtick. Was like, I'll come back to be Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, but like, but also, like, why anymore. is he coming back for Indiana Jones then? You know, yeah, kill him! Like yeah, kill him! I bet. Well, I swear to God, if he dies, I know, I'll, oh, dude, I'll uh, laugh so hard. Oh. <laughs> that's that's what I'm yeah. saying because, like, honestly, like. Harrison Ford is like the most blunt person ever. Like he's not afraid to share what's on his mind. If he tells you that he's done with something, he is done. And I figure when he was like done with Star Wars, I that's pretty much it. I figure like he was just trying to live like his life. But like I don't 
he must have gotten like a big fat check for him to come back as Indiana Jones. Or yeah. I don't know, maybe if he still cares about like that franchise, maybe the story to him was good enough uh, for him to like to come back. But I highly doubt that I have a sneaky suspicion is because like that paycheck. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do it just to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think I think that's part of why Bill Murray yeah. came back for yeah. this is because yeah. he liked the script and what it kind of encompassed, and the fact that Jason Reitman. I think. I think. Yeah, I think. Th- I think that him. really helped. Like, if you're gonna have another Ghostbusters film where Ivan Reitman's not gonna direct it, like you have to have somebody who knows the spirit of Ghostbusters and who probably had like somebody in their family who worked on the Ghostbusters movies, and he's even yeah. he even said that uh, his dad was on set with him. I think like almost every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he did say that. It's, it's it's one of those things where if they do a sequel, I I don't know if I would. Partic- I mean, I guess it's maybe a hot take. I don't really think so. I I think that you should keep yeah. Jason Reitman in some capacity, yeah. maybe yeah. like a producer or maybe a I co-writer agree. or you know yeah. on the yeah. help on the story. But I think that you could probably get a better director. I think you get a, a bigger director or just a director that can do much more because that's mm-hmm. one of the things with this film it is much smaller scale you know jason reitman's not like a blockbuster right. exactly. filmmaker mm-hmm. he makes he made yeah. juno like juno isn't like a blockbuster you know <laughs> yeah. big hollywood project right. you know or tully he's he, that's just not yeah. his wheelhouse like it was nice of him to kind of expand and kind of take on the legacy that his dad had with the first two yeah. ghostbusters i think that it would be best to keep him on of course because he obviously has the general idea of what to do. And he could probably have some great input in that sense, even with his dad involved. I just think that his direction could probably hinder a sequel, especially if we're going big and bombastic, like a lot of sequels do. And we do have like a big New York Ghostbusters, like the original two films. Well, I I think that like, if they, if they do end up doing it, um, it'd be smart to just, make it bigger and better and like you can like add different ghosts to set in new york city because there's so much history in that city so i think it'd be really funny to see uh who could uh, turn up in that case um but yeah I, I i agree with you i think that if jason reitman stays on and you get someone who can kind of do a sequel and make yeah. it or or at least like see what Jason Reitman can do with like a bigger scale and a bigger budget and then if it doesn't work out yeah. they'll hire somebody else yeah, they could do that too. Cause like I don't know, like they're gonna be doing like a sequel, but if they were, like I guess that would be fine. But like, um, I saw like the post, and I have it here right now from like um Get Phantom. Like Jason um said that like he would like for like other filmmakers to come aboard on the franchise and continue making movies. It's like not just him. We'll see. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. He's like, I. This is not my wheelhouse. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I opened the yeah. door. You all else, all everybody else can do their work for me. Oh, I opened the door. I, you know, I, I, and here's the keys. Have fun with Ghostbusters. I'll go back to because I think that's like a fresh take for like some. Uh, like uh, not well known on filmmakers to hop aboard on this franchise yeah. because like to me if, like we get someone that's not very well known and they direct a Ghostbusters movie and that turns out really good that really like puts a spotlight on them like get like a little bit of exposure because like still I still think that like Ghostbusters the like the fan base I think it's big but i don't think it's like that big but it's like big enough for you to like um get some eyes on you so if they were to like get some filmmakers like that would be like a really cool bet 
Yeah, it would be interesting to see where, you know, I guess where or who they could have for a a Ghostbusters film. Because I feel like you still have to have someone that understands comedy. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. You have someone yeah. with a comedic background yeah. because it is, you know, a very comedic franchise, but they have to understand yeah. action. I, I could low so, key see maybe Peyton Reed. I, I was just about to say I no. I was going to say no. Yeah. Peyton Reed or no John Watts. <laughs> Oh come on! Oh, Peyton Reed would be so cool. I think he, I think it'd be fun, but you know. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, it would. It, there's, there's so many possibilities. You know, you fan, fan casts, but I think it would be cool if, like, maybe like an Edgar Wright Ooh, could take a swing. I, like I think Edgar Wright. Yeah, he would have an Edgar interesting Wright take on a Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters movie. I think. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, he's always been so great yeah. with comedy, and like, of course. He's branched out with Last Night yeah. in Soho now to not the best results. Yeah. I love no, that I, movie. Yeah, I loved it too. But I think that it would I think it would be cool if he went back to his roots in a sense. I don't know if he has any connection to the Ghostbusters at all, but I think it would be interesting. Hell, even if they did like an international Ghostbusters, I, I think that would yeah. be cool to just have I don't know, that, that didn't work. That, 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 <laughs> that didn't work for me with Men in Black, but I feel like it could work I, for uh, yeah. Ghostbusters. They did that with Charlie's Angels well, too. Right? Men in Black, was, <laughs> which is funny because that's like, it's all Tony <laughs> and it's all good. <laughs> well, they well, tried. this was a lot of fun, and Ghostbusters Afterlife is a very emotional, intimate movie with some great special effects, and it was great chatting about it and reviewing it with you guys. You too. Um, yeah. yeah, and this this also proves yeah. that like we are all gigantic babies who cry over <laughs> this moment because it was so emotional. And I hope everyone listening to this right now, you all get a chance to watch this in theaters because it's something special. It really is. Even if you're not a Ghostbusters fan like myself, um, it's something really nice to witness on the big screen. So uh, that about wraps up this episode. And uh, it's time to do the round. So, Cinemania, Alex. <laughs> Where oh, can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at my official website, alexmaddenmovies.mystrikingly.com. All my social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all there for you guys to check out. I'm uh, going to have some reviews coming your way very soon. Beautiful. And uh, this was a lot of fun. So, yeah. thanks for coming. You got it. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Cinemania Tyler. <laughs> We're good. Oh, oh man. As opposed to the other Cinemania Tyler. Where can everyone find you? Uh, well, if you search up my name on YouTube, you'll find my channel, Tyler Calvert. You know, reviews for movies, TV, streaming, and also just reactions. I do a lot of stuff on the channel. There's like a, a plethora of things I could describe. But, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time. <laughs> or I guess fortunately, depending on how you look at it. But uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. And it's yes, Tyler Calvert. go check him out, guys. He brought all the knowledge to Ghostbusters. So bless your heart. <laughs> and big thanks to Alex Rivers for joining us tonight. His first time on a podcast and, uh, and i hope you had fun and so where can everyone find you my friend um on youtube you could type in my name i'm alex rivers if you can't um see it on um, just type in just like alex rivers reacts because like i do a bunch of like reaction videos so a whole bunch of stuff but if you can find me on instagram it is some um, alex m 
Rivers um, underscore. I am also on Letterboxd. Um, you can just tell my name. I'm Alex Rivers. And I'm also on TikTok. And like I'm starting to get really active on there. It is also um, Alex M. Rivers um, underscore. I'm like doing a um, MCU um, rewatch considering that the fact that we are getting like more Marvel movies. And I didn't like my list before. So like I'm giving like a fresh <laughs> mindset. And on um, Twitter, you can uh, follow me at AlexRivers20. <laughs> Beauty. Make sure you guys follow and subscribe to all these wonderful people. And you can always find me over at AMX Indie Reviews on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can check out my website, CandidXCinema.com, and my YouTube, Candid Cinema. And, of course, here with the Cinemania crew. Tune in next time, guys, and keep watching movies. Oh, spicy.